Welcome. Hello, everybody, and welcome to 40 Going On 14. I am Mike. I am Patrick. I'm Joel. And I'm Josh. And in prep for our Harry Potter show, we all put ourselves into the sorting hat. And most of the results came out as you would expect, but Patrick somehow came out as house puffing stuff. I thought it would be House Puff Puff and Pass. Ah. You know, when I ran the joke by Sarah before we did this, and that is what she said. Ah, nice. <laughs> you should listen to your wife. Eh. <laughs> so, yeah, so this week, with the uh, recent launching of the 20th anniversary Harry Potter special on HBO, we have decided to finally do Harry Potter. Um, watched yeah. all the movies. and I watched all the movies. We're not going on about the books. We're pretty much going to be talking about the movies in the 20th anniversary special. So, Well, I think we're going to touch on the books, like those of us who have experience with them. And I'm sure we'll mention the Fantastic Beast stuff. But like our focus is going to be the main seven movies mm-hmm. and the 20th anniversary special. Because like for most of this podcast, it's like Harry Potter. Well, that's too new. And then this year it's like, hey, it's 20 years old. And we're like, oh, well, I guess yeah. we can do that now. I mean, and, you're on the list, just- I guess. And, and just to address the elephant in the room, we will not be discussing the author at all. Yeah, we're going to stay well away from J.K. Rowling's Twitter. <laughs> just Really? Work. Yeah. I've been studying it, like, immensely. Like, I've got just pages and pages and pages of... Well, see, that's time you could have been watching Sharknado again. And there's eight films, not I, counting I the he, Fantastic Beasts. There's... I thought he was going to say, I've got pages and pages and pages of neuroses from looking at J.K. Rowling's Twitter. <laughs> well... Uh... I thought we weren't going to but talk again, about this. I was just about to said. say again, we're not talking about this. You know, because I was totally fine. I got my own opinions on the thing, but if we're going to talk about it, we're going to talk about we, it. We are not talking about this, so we are moving on. Hey, Joel, did you get the memo? It is about that time. No, it is, it is no it's not. I don't no. care. No. no, I'm moving on. Whatever we had to do. It's not about that time. We have a voicemail. We got it's time to move on. It's time to go. <laughs> voicemail. So if you'd like to give us some advice on how to run this shit show better. Give us a call at 708-NOW-RAP. How could you possibly do this better, Mike? I don't even know. 669-9727. You could ask us us how to run J.K. Rowling's Twitter better. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ, shut up! (laughs) Uh, We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it. (laughs) Jesus. All right. We actually have a voicemail this week. So, here it is. Hey guys, this is Men and Loss. Uh, Men. I've been going back to the show backwards since the uh, latest, uh, the last Christmas one or whatever you guys did. I'm on the one with you guys doing the uh, Grinches. And Patrick, it's Geek Fucking Roy. Show some fucking respect, bro. Geek Fucking Roy. My God, he's a legend. He's in the dwarf community, but he's in fucking everything, dude. Geek Roy. Remember that fucking name. Geek Roy. Okay, if you were to ask me the things that Nenem Loss would get that violent over, Deep Roy honestly would not well, be on that list. I tried to remember his name, but it only stays in my short-term memory. Oh. Oh. Hey, are any of you guys on Twitter? <laughs> you know who else is on Twitter? Boom, 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 boom. Warwick Davis? Yes, yeah, so, Nenem Loss, thank you. Thank you Twitter. for that. Yeah, I mean, we. Uh, when did we do the Grinches? He, he may Gee. be listening. He may be listening to the through the repost because the Grinch's show I redid at the beginning. I'm sorry, Joel. Did you want me to let me talk? Uh, <laughs> I re- reposted <laughs> the big. Where's that goddamn button? 
There we go. All right, now he's turned off. Uh, I posted at the beginning of this last December. Repost. Okay, so it was a repost from a previous Christmas season. Yeah, from God, I think twenty fifteen. Did you unmute him yet? No, no he, I, I muted myself. No. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> once I mute him, I can't unmute him. So we just play the game of does he notice? Right, <laughs> right. So, we played go. that game all college long. Yeah. Now it's about that time. Yeah, it's totally about that time. This week in music, movies, and TV. And sports. God. All right, so this week we are going with November 3rd, 2002, the release of the second movie of the series, Harry Potter and the Chamber Pot of Secrets. Ew. That's not the title? What's in there, Harry Potter? <laughs> I saw past the bubbles. You've given the gully a pink sock. I'm a free elf now. Oh, God. You guys are searching for something that makes me more uncomfortable than J.K. Rowling's Twitter. <laughs> All right. So that's the thing music, this week. Music. All right. The top song in the land was Fallen by Alicia Keys. Oh, man. I actually uh, legitimately love that song. Yeah. Yeah, I'm on. Uh, what man. the hell is wrong with you three? Well, I Alicia, didn't say anything about I, it. It's an air song. That's uh, wrong with us. I'm not a big fan of Alicia Keys. Yeah, I guess I'm really not either. I mean, that's kind of the only song of hers I know and I really like it. So I, I mean, have to say I'm not a fan either. I was at her concert and this girl was passing this clove cigarette. <laughs> and... <laughs> PowerPoint. All right, moving on. Jason William Mizell, better known by his stage name, Jam Master J, was an American musician and DJ of the influential hip-hop group Run DMC. On October 30th, Mizell was fatally shot by an unknown person in a New York City recording studio. Yeah, that sucked. Yeah, I was pretty surprised because I learned about this like well after it happened. And of all people that you're going to shoot, right? Jam Master J, really? Like, Meanwhile, Jazzy Jeff's still strutting around. Kid Rock was probably right around the corner. <laughs> right? That would have been a much better choice. Bow it to bow. What about the DJ from Limp Biscuit? I mean, come on. What's he doing? <laughs> All right. It's moving on. What? Nothing. 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 Okay. The, the 36 Country Music Association Awards were held November 5th, and the winners included the Dixie Chicks, Faith Hill, and Toby Keith. Dixie Chicks, man. There's, there's a where are they now. Pretty, I mean, no, uh, actually, honestly, I don't want to know. It's pretty 2002. Yeah. All right. And finally, Billy Guy was an American singer best known as a lead singer for the Coasters, known for the songs Youngblood, Searchin', Yakety Yak, Charlie Brown, Poison Ivy, and the acronym of the week, AJ... I'm sorry, the acronym of the week, ACJ. I'm pretty sure that stands for Alabama Cousin Jumper. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds like a hardcore rockabilly band. I kind of want to just leave that as the song. Uh, no, unfortunately, that is not what it was. That is Along Came Joan. Oh. Mine is way better. Yeah. <laughs> Slow walking Jones. We're talking. Along Came Jones. Yakety yak. Don't smoke crack. He was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1987 and later died on November 5th of this week of cardiovascular disease. That would be Billy Guy. All right. Moving on to movies. The number one movie in the land was Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, debuting at $333 million in its opening weekend. Yikes. 
Which, if you double that, is 666. <sighs> and if you divide it by three, it's 111. <gasps> <gasps> the math of the beast. <laughs> <laughs> crunch, 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 crunch. <laughs> Antonio Margariti, also known under the pseudonyms Anthony M. Dawson and Anthony Daisies, was an Italian filmmaker. Margariti worked in many different genres in the Italian film industry and was known for his sometimes derivative but often stylish and entertaining science fiction, sword and sandal, horror slash giallo, Euro spy, spaghetti western, Vietnam War and action movies that were released to a wide international audience. He died on November 4th. Margariti. Antonio Margariti. Man, he, he didn't. Oh, I was going to say, you know him, right? Yeah, well, we we mentioned that he, you guys are familiar with. You're the hunter from the future. Uh, he did Cannibal Apocalypse with John Saxon and Death Rage, the Death Wish knockoff with Yule Brenner. See, just from all that he told us pre-show, that's how I know him. You I might didn't know him before that. No, I mean you're the last hunter. You might actually like because there's a character in it that looks a lot like L. You'd be like, oh, hey, Patrick, God. come on, let's go. You fail to understand why I like L. Grab the princess, Patrick. It was, it was, it was definitely not the visual effects. Oh, you didn't like Carolyn Monroe and her skimpy little spacesuit? No, I'm talking about L himself. Oh, and his skimpy little spacesuit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, movies released this week included Amelie, Domestic Disturbance, Monsters Inc., Heist, and Life as a House. <laughs> the Mama June story. <laughs> 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 I have only off of this list seen Monsters Inc. Really? You've seen Amelie. I have seen the first ten minutes of Amelie four times. You've seen Heist. You had to have seen Heist. With right Gene Hackman? Yeah. Gene Hackman, you... Danny DeVito, Delroy I Lindo. never got around to it because there was another Heist movie that I wanted to see more released around the same time and I yeah, could only one... afford one. The other one was uh, Edward Norton. Oh yeah. Oh shit. What was the name Robert of that fucking movie? Yes. What was that called? Where he's uh, the job. It's yeah. I think you might. It's it, was yeah. that the, the new Italian job? No no no, 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 no. It was just like called the. It was a. It was a very simple name, like the yeah. like heist. You know, and domestic simple, disturbance like... was with John Travolta. Not that that's a reason to see it, but yeah, no, I'm sure that Monsters Inc. is the only one of these I've seen all the way through, unless you count that I've seen enough minutes of Amelie that I've seen almost two hours of it, but it's <laughs> been the same ten minutes. <laughs> it's appeared in two film classes. You combined uh, and I, Amelie and Groundhog Day, and I started watching it and then had to do something else. But yeah, I uh, I've never seen the whole film. It's and Amelie I know Day. I'd like it. Same same ten minutes over and over. <laughs> I Patrick. saw. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I saw Amelie with uh, Dennis. Hmm. We went to I the own theater. It. And Dennis? Yes. <laughs> Dennis. Jesus. And right before the lights go down, it's like you, you can tell them it's going to start, you know, that sort of thing. And him and I are sitting in the middle of the theater, and there's all these, like, artsy-fartsy people coming to see this. And just before the lights go down, Dennis looks at me and goes, this is a French flicks. You know there's going to be titties in it. <laughs> he was right. It was, it was right. The collective gasp that came from everybody else in the theater almost evacuated all the oxygen in the place. It was amazing. Uh, the film you were talking about was The Score, directed the by sc- Frank Oz. Yep. Frank Oz. Yep. With the Marlon Score Brando. is the reason I've never seen Heist. Well, you should Marlon Brando. I think you would, like, I think you would like it. it, it I agree. It, play, it plays very much like a... Um, 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 oh my God! Oh, I can't think of his name. All of a sudden, get shorty. Uh, uh, plays like a El, uh, Elmore, Elmore Leonard. Leonard. Yeah, 
a lot more than the score did. The score was like a heist movie. Heist plays like an Elmore Leonard movie. Interesting. I'll have to check it out. I also know in that genre, uh, I'm actually psyched to see The Town, which despite having a terrible Ooh. title, I keep hearing is awesome. It was It was very good. Heist was uh, written and directed by David Mamet, if that helps at all. that That would be your... Oh yeah, I, I'm willing to see it. It doesn't help me having seen it in the past already, but yeah. like I, I'm I'm on board. All right. So TV top shows in the land were Friends, CSI, ER, and Everybody Loves Raymond, except me. That show was all right. It was a decent show. Marie was a great character, and Peter Not, Boyle. You just can't go wrong with Peter Boyle. I, I never watched that. Part of the whole show. Yeah. Uh, also, Peg Phillips, born Margaret Linton, was an American actress best known for playing storekeeper Ruth Ann Miller in the television series Northern Exposure. She died <laughs> November 7th from pulmonary disease, aged 84. Like her Northern Exposure character, she was a smoker from an early age, having started at 13. Wow. Somebody played Appropriate! It was appropriate there! I got excited. Yeah. Space Quest. Yeah. I, I am sad about her death. Also, good character. Jonathan Harris, born Jonathan Daniel Charasushin. <laughs> how, how would you say it, smartass? Charcuterie. <laughs> Jesus. All right. Was an American character actor whose career involved more than 400, 500 television and movie appearances, as well as voiceovers. His best-known role was the fussy villain Dr. Zachary Smith of the 1960s science fiction series Lost in Space. Near the end of his career, he provided voices for the animated features of Bugs Life, Toy Story 2. And uh, on November 3rd, he died of a blood clot to the heart just three days before his 88th birthday. Jeez. That's got to suck. I wonder if the CH in that unusual original name is uh, pronounced like hard K. Like if it's Karasuchin. Almost Karasuchin? Like Kar- oh. Yeah, that could be it. That, that that makes sense. Well, I was staring at when you asked, like, how would you do it? I'm like, I'm looking at this name and I'm not sure. And I was obsessed with the question <laughs> for a minute. Danger, danger. Kara Suchin? Yeah, that could be it. All right, moving on to sports. Definitely not charcuterie. <laughs> yeah. Charcucci. Dipshit. <laughs> oh. I thought oh. it was Chateaubriand. All right, cut that. That, you know, that was not good at all. Samsonite. I was way off. <laughs> PowerPoint. I can't, I can't let people know that I can you know, possibly not be funny. So cut that. In all the shows? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, that was funny. Uh, that was good. That was a good one, yeah. All right, moving on to sports. Game 7 of the World Series was broadcast on November 7th. The Arizona Diamondbacks won their first title, defeating the three-time champion New York Yankees, marking the end of their memorable dynasty. This has been considered as one of the greatest World Series. I need closure on that anecdote. (laughs) Oh, God, I thought it was my sound messing up again. No, Oh, Jesus, what happened? You just disappeared. Yeah. I think it might be your mic. I swear to fucking God. (laughs) Oh, my God, I just took a drink. I was muted, so none of you got to hear that. We, you said this has been considered as one of the greatest world, and then you just stopped. Oh, you know what? That might be because I stood up and walked over to because Lucy was having a nightmare, so I was trying to Aww. shake her. Oh, that's yeah. right. You got a Bluetooth. Yeah. Poor thing. All right. Well, let me just start that sentence over again and mark the time and all that shit. Yeah, I did. All right. And five, four, three, two, one. This has been considered as one of the greatest World Series of all time. Huh. 
And Sid Saxon was an American board game designer and collector, best known as the creator of the games Acquire, Can't Stop, and Focus Parentheses Domination. Other notable works include his books, especially a gamut of games and card games around the world. Saxon collected games throughout his life. At the time of his death, his collection was estimated at over 18,000 titles. Wow. wow. Puts all of us to, sh to shame, like, combined. <laughs> Many of those were unique, sent to him by hopeful game developers who wanted Saxon's advice. He went permanently to jail on November 6th. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Wow. Um. <laughs> what? <laughs> and... Okay, I hate to be a Joel, but I need closure on that anecdote. <laughs> Did I well, freak out again? When he well, says okay. that a choir can't stop and focus, I'm like, all these titles sound like he's got kleptomania or some sort of drug addiction. But Josh, please, what were you saying? No, I, I, yeah, I got the joke. He, he died. Yeah. You know, go, go to jail. Do oh. not pass go. Do not collect $200. I, yeah. I got what he was going for, but I was like, oh, yeah, this, this just got really confusing. <laughs> Well, I didn't know any terms from his own games to use, and I wasn't going to bother putting that much work into it. So. Oh, did I thought. Like... Me, did you want me to remove that unfunny part too? <laughs> did you... Oh Jesus! <laughs> oh, Mike, oh, damn you! Yeah, Why I are Mike and Joel the jail. funny ones tonight? What's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually uh, used to own a car. Oh. Um, I I don't know. It's a good game. We I, we just played it. You know how you listen to a song too many times and don't like it anymore. Mm -hmm. It was me and a choir, and I was the one who owned it. So I eventually was like, you know, if I sell this, I don't have to play it again. That, you know, okay. you can just stop. Yeah, if I sell the game and no one asks <laughs> me to play. I just say no. Yeah, All right, I, at so... the time, I was running a board game group, though, to, to give ah, that context. Got it. Okay, that makes sense. All right, so sing us off, keyboard Joel. Da -da 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 -da. All right, so Harry Potter, based off a series of books. If you do not know what Harry Potter is, you're listening to the wrong podcast. But it is the story of the chosen one, Harry Potter, who avoided death by the love of his mother, who reflected a curse, caused a scar. He goes to school. They fly a car, get Man. beaten up by a tree. Yeah. Wait, I watched a lot of MASH. We're not talking about Colonel Potter? No, we're not talking about Colonel Potter. Oh, There's shit. werewolves and hippogriffs and... Uh, yeah, and wands. And wands play into it, too. Radar. Lots of wands. Yeah, lots so of mirrors. <clears throat> the first smoke. Harry Potter movie, Harry Potter, and in England, it was the Philosopher's Stone. What was it here? Harry Potter Sorcerer's and the Sorcerer's, Sorcerer's Stone. Stone. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So uh, some info on this. First two movies were directed by Chris Columbus. You may know him from such movies as... Spy Kids, right? Home Alone. Spy, no, Home Alone oh, and... Uh, yeah, Rodriguez was Spy Kids. I was I was trying to think of the one Mrs. Doubtfire. Ah, Eugenia oh, Doubtfire. I didn't realize that. Yeah, he's a family film guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So he did that. Then he came and did one and two. Alfonso Cuaron. Cuaron. Yeah. He did number three. Mike Newell did number four. Alfonso Cuaron. He did. He did a lot of overseas he's stuff. Kind of, yeah, he's, he does a lot of. Darker kind of, uh... yeah. He he like Children of Men. That's one of his, I think. I'm double checking. I believe you're correct. Yes, My, uh, damn right. He did. Uh, oh, he's a writer. Wait, where's his directing credit? There they are. Yes, Children of Men was definitely one of his. Um, mm. Gravity was another one. It's another yeah. you know up, uplifting kind of story. Yep, and uh, happiness. 
after after episode episode three, after movie three, things get a little bit dark. So they bring in Mike Newell to direct, who's done such things as Donnie Brasco and Sour Sweet, The Awakening, Bad Blood, Four Weddings uh, and a Funeral. Oh uh, yeah, he did that. Yep. Um, Pushing Tin. Oh, that was a weird movie. That was actually a, I enjoyed that one. No, it was, it was weird, good, but, but it was it is weird. Yeah. Yeah. And then to finish it out for episodes, episodes, movies five through eight, you have David Yates. Who, and now he's doing the Fantastic Beast franchise. Yeah, he's them. doing that now. He's done stuff su- such stuff as the BBC miniseries The Sins, The Way We Live Now, uh, uh, State of Play. It's another thing that he did. Again, a lot of British stuff. And then he did hmm. the Harry Potter stuff and f- closed out the series with that. Screenplays uh, written by Steve Cloves for episodes one through four and six through eight and Michael Goldenberg for number five. So, <laughs> he's all by himself. Yeah. <laughs> Five Goldenberg. Well, he also did Peter Pan. That was clever. And wait, which one? The uh, the one that we watched for the Peter Pan show, the one with um, Jason Isaacs as uh, Captain Hook. Oh, right, the one we watched. Yeah, we watched. Air quotes. <laughs> yeah, the one children watch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, two thousand. I, I watched it. <laughs> two thousand one to two thousand eleven is where they all released, and if you were to watch them from beginning to end, you would spend one thousand one hundred and seventy nine minutes of your life. That's what, what I did this last week. That's what Me I did. Too. I watched almost all of them. Yeah, we. This is one of those series. Uh, it's one of the longer ones that Sarah and I will occasionally just watch all of them. Maybe not like all in the same one sitting. But like we'll get on a kick and we'll watch the series over a series of nights from beginning to end, mm-hmm. uh, approximately annually. Yeah, I watched all the all eight films and then the two Fantastic Beast films as well as the 20th anniversary special. So I am up yeah. to speed. Yeah, we got a thing in our house. And then he wrote some fanfic, <laughs> but I couldn't wrote, watch Peter Pan. And I watched some slash flick and couldn't be bothered. <clears throat> Every time the new book or new movie would come out, we would watch. All of them up to the new one. And then Suzanne would read the stories to the girls before bed. And every time a new book came out to get ready for it, they would reread all the books up until the next one and until the release of the next one. So when I was watching these movies, I had the three of them in the living room telling me what was and wasn't happening in the books <laughs> continually. <laughs> until finally, at one point, I had to pause and look. I don't have, I don't care what happened in the books. I've only right? read the books <laughs> once. If any one of you tells me this didn't happen in the book or this was different in the book, I am going to lose my freaking mind. <laughs> I just want to get through this watch. Yes. But yes, but it was fun. But yeah, they 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 know good God. Ins and outs of every single one. It was kind of cool because Susie did the voices and everything for them. And, you know. Ah. Uh, yeah. And it makes sense. That, that, like, they were the right age for these. And I think it took me so long to get into them because, like, they were super popular and we weren't really the target age for them when they first came out mm-hmm. as books. And uh, as soon as I had seen, okay, they're, this is so huge. It's about wizards. I like this kind of stuff. Uh, so when Half-Blood Prince dropped, I bought... All of the ones before that and the Half-Blood Prince. And I, they're fast reads and I'm a pretty fast reader. So it mm-hmm. took me about a day to catch up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the writing gets better as it goes on. The story gets much better as it goes on. We actually wore out a couple of the books, like to the point where they were fall, they completely fell apart and we had to buy new ones. But uh, Patrick, have you read any of them? Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Yeah, I I own the books. I read them uh, a couple years after. You know, I probably around two thousand two thousand five when I. I'm the one who hasn't. You never. My wife has, read. but I never. I haven't read. I haven't read them. No. Oh. Yeah, I, I read all the way up to uh, Order of the Phoenix. I didn't read, you know, the Half Blood Prince, the Hallows. Okay. I read some erotic fan fiction, but you know, he wrote, he wrote some. some too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so some t- the characters in this one. Now I found a list because the characters like grow geometrically at every movie. You know, if I had tried to go through the the original chart that I found on this was like eight pages long of just characters and what they were in. So I've tried to whittle it down to the ones that main characters, characters that have some sort of weight in the movies and ones that stick around for more than one, just one. So like primary, secondary and tertiary kind of. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to start with the character Albus Dumbledore, who was played by Richard Harris in the first two. And then Richard Harris passed away. Uh, If you ever want to see a really bizarre movie, see Richard Harris in the movie called A Man Called Horse. That's where they strap uh, leather straps to his nipples and spin him in a circle in the air by his nipples. Which which Harry Potter was that? <laughs> Harry Potter, Harry Potter and the nipple spinner. What do you think? <laughs> Harry, right, Potter, Harry Potter and the chafed nipples. Yeah, I thought that was just erotic fan fiction. They actually, put that in the movie. Yeah, no, no. This is it's it's like a it's like a story about a guy who who's like wants to become a member of this Indian tribe, and that's one of the trials that they put him through. Richard Harris had a lot of weird movies in his early years. Yeah, uh, I mean, this was such a shame when he passed because I believe that he was the most perfect possible casting for Dumbledore. Dumbledore. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. It was just uh, he only played him for two movies because uh, being dead kind of well, it's kind of like in the way, kind of like Sir Ian McKellen as as Gandalf. You know, you can't really see anybody else playing that role. Right. Uh, I, I get it, you know. But I, I thought Michael Gambon did a, a a lovely job. He's a wonderful actor. I oh, am yeah. a fan of Michael Gambon. I love the singing detective. I followed his career for a long time. Like, I'm a fan of him in particular, and I think he's kind of a bad Dumbledore. Why? Hmm. Out of curiosity. Um, I mean, there's the famous meme you will see from Goblet of Fire when they go to the book about how uh, Dumbledore... Uh, calmly asks Harry, did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? And then they cut to Michael Gambon's performance where he's shrieking at the top of his lungs. <laughs> like, beating the crap out of Harry. That was a what? choice. It was a choice. It's a choice that makes him not a very good Dumbledore. <laughs> and it's it's the most egregious example of him, I don't think, really ever getting the character, despite the fact that he played him so many times that his portrayal is the more definitive one. And mm-hmm. I don't dislike him as an actor. I just think that, wow, if Richard Harris had lived long enough to play the character through all the movies, I think it is a strict upgrade. Yeah. Hmm. Then we have the Dursleys. Uh, Dudley Dursley, who is pay- played by Harry Melling, Petunia Dursley, who is played by Fiona Shaw, and then Vernon Dursley, who is played by Richard Griffiths, the late Mr. Griffiths also. Rest in peace. Yeah. yeah. They said he jumped into his role. Like, he just, like, loved playing that character. Who wouldn't, man? Oh, It'd I be know. fun to play that, that, that kind of a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we have uh, Argus Filch was played by David Bradley through the whole thing. And the character who I go, why do they keep this guy around? He's He turns on them multiple times in the stories. He's hates kids. I just, He's I, I just think he's doing after, his job. Yeah, I just think after, after what was the one with the school teacher, the chicken pink? 
um, Dolores Umbridge. Yeah, the, the Dolores Umbridge one. You think they would be like, you know what? Maybe you shouldn't be working here anymore. Yeah. You, you kind of flipped on us pretty quick, you know. Uh, Hermione Granger, played by Emma Watson through all movies, believe it or not. Rubus Hagrid, played by Robbie Coltrane through all the movies. Neville Longbottom, played by Matthew Lewis. Uh, it was funny because like I was, we were watching the first couple movies, and Neville comes out, and he's this pudgy little nerd buck boy. Toothed. I know, buck tooth boy in the in the. And I was like, oh man, I was like, man, look at how little he is. Oh man, that guy. And, and I, I turned to Sophie and I go, "Have you seen what he looks like now?" She goes, "Yeah." I'm like, "What?" <laughs> Stop it! <laughs> I was a little too enthusiastic. What are you talking about? She's like, "I have to go." I'm like, "Okay, well." Uh, then Draco Malfoy, played by Tom Felton. Minerva McGonagall, played by Maggie Smith. You forgot somebody. Who did I forget? Uh, Phileas Fitwick. Flitwick. Oh, Flitwick. Where did I miss him? Oh, Warwick Who's, Davis. Yeah. Who actually Warwick played several characters. Oh, yeah. He had at least four. Yeah. They just kept plugging him into anyone where they needed a, a little person. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry. Uh, Minerva McGonagall. Garrick Ollivander by John Hurt. Oh, lovely. I love his character. Harry Potter, I, of course, by yeah. Daniel Radcliffe. I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I love I love John Hurt. Yeah, yeah, he's another one of those characters that I can't see him being played by anybody else. Severus Snape by the late Ellen Rickman. Mm. Uh, Lord Voldemort and Tom Riddle. Uh, Richard Bremer was the first back-of-the-head uh, Lord Voldemort. Christian Coulson was in the second movie until they finally decided on Ralph Fiennes, who played an amazing uh villain villainous scary ass lord voldemort in this one yeah and apparently he didn't know uh anything about the character but like i i, th- I think it was his kids were like yeah you got to play this yeah it was, the, it was his niece his niece they, that's right yeah. that was in the 20th anniversary so we all should <clears> have <throat> seen that yep friend george weasley by james and oliver phelps my probably my two favorite weasleys Ginny weasley as uh played by bonnie wright molly weasley Mama Bear Weasley as Julie Walters, Percy Weasley, the bitch, as Chris Rankin, uh, Ron Weasley, of course, as Rupert Grint, Dobby, played by Toby Jones. Yes. Great version of uh, that. Just it was just his voice, but he really did a great job with that. And then Lucius Malfoy, played by Jason Isaacs, who almost didn't take it if you guys were watching. Well, well, that's for the second part, too, but he didn't want to play two villains in a row, and he was in Peter Pan at the time, too, so... Uh, Arthur Weasley is Mark Williams. Sirius Black is the amazing Gary Oldman, played by Gary Oldman. Remus Lupin by David Thules. Oh, I love that character. It's one of my favorite characters in the whole series. Lupin? Yes. Mm. Peter Pettigrew, played by T- Timothy Spall. Bill Weasley by Richard Fish in the beginning. Uh, and then Dom Dominhall Gleason in the last two. And then finally, to round out the Weasleys, Alex Crockford plays Charlie Weasley. Uh, there's also Aberforth Dumbledore, the Dumbledore brother that you never hear about until he finally comes up. Uh, originally played by Jim McManus, and then Ciarian Hins at the very end. Bellatrix Lestrange. Lestrange? Lestrange. Bellatrix Lestrange. Lestrange. I always thought it sounded more French than that. Uh, played know. by Helena Bonham Carter. Luna Lovegood by Ivana, Ivana Lynch. She's my favorite. Luna? I think she's Luna. She's fun. She's just chill no matter what. Megorian by Michael Wildman. Nymphadora Tonks by Natalia Tina. Yay for Tonks. Yes. So do you have any favorite out of here, Pat or Josh? Uh, I mean, I've always been a partial man favorite, though. 
I'm just mine going. Is, mine is either Hagrid or Tonks. That's kind of a spread. <laughs> well, I mean, I just find, uh, I can't think of her name right now, but the actress that plays Tonks, I find Natalie her, Tina. Yeah, and everything she is in, I, I, I like her. Game so, of Thrones. I mean, and I mean, Hagrid, Voldemort. I, just, always, I, I always just like, you know, big, you know, the big giant characters. I always like them. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Voldemort is so great, so. I mean, he is a, a, an amazing character. Yeah. Actually, my favorite is probably Sirius Black. Are you serious? I can see that. Uh, That's a good no. choice, though. Note to self, cut that out. <laughs> You're doing no. good work. Doing the Lord's work. It was it was funny when the first time we went to go see this and Gary Oldman got on stage and I was like, oh my God, Gary Oldman doing something, another completely different face. And then showing the girls all the different characters Gary Oldman has played. You know, I was like, you know, we don't know who this guy is, Gary Oldman. You know, I'm like, yes, you do. You know, you have seen him multiple times. Remember Batman? Remember, um, what was the Bruce Willis one, Joel? Fifth Element. Fifth Element, you know, all that. It was like he looks different in literally everything he does. So, but some trivia on this. Now, trivia, seeing that we have all the movies, I went to each movie and grabbed one trivia from each movie. Smart. So, we'll cover them. So, the first one, Alan Rickman was handpicked to play Snape by J.K. Rowling and received special instructions from her about his character. Rowling even provided him with vital details of Snape's backstory that were not revealed until the final novel. Which, well, we'll talk about that in the 20th anniversary thing. Well, I mean, we could talk about it now. I mean, it gave him just so much, I would say an advantage, but so much of more insight on his character's behaviors, which is why Snape was such a amazing yeah. villain slash heroic dude. Slash the greatest guy in the whole story. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> well, I mean, as far as like, Character wise, I mean, his. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that I was I was talking about with with the with everybody here was the how much his life must have sucked because having to be the turncoat on everything all the time. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, also, Tom Felton, uh, he forgot his line when Draco sees Harry disguised as Goyle, so he, he improvised the "I don't, I didn't know you could read" line, which was appropriate. Yeah, that was pretty good. Uh, Next one, in order to acquaint himself with his three lead actors and actresses, director Alfonso Cuaron had each of them write an essay about their characters from a first-person point of view. Emma Watson, in true Hermione fashion, went a little overboard and wrote a 16-page essay. Daniel Radcliffe, just like Harry, wrote one page. And Rupert Grint, just like Ron, never turned his in. I love that story. That is a great story. Uh, director Mike Newell was not aware that Alan Rickman wore black contact lenses for the role of Snape until one day when he was complimenting him on his, the amazing shade of his eyes, Rickman then leaned over and popped the lenses out in I'm sure perfect Alan Rickman timing too. Uh, also during filming, Alan Rickman banned Matthew Lewis, 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 and Lewis. Sorry about that. Matthew Lewis and Rupert Grint from being within five meters of his new BMW because during the making of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, they spilled milkshakes in his car. <laughs> you spilled milkshakes. Do you understand how much it's going to get the milk smell out of here? And he was tired of all the boys in the yard. Oh, you make it smell. <laughs> At around two hours and five minutes, when Draco Malfoy goes to the room of requirement for the final time, you can see the harp that put Fluffy to sleep and the king from the game of chess from Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Philosopher's Stone. That was in um, Order of the Phoenix. My, so. Probably my least favorite of the films. Really? Yeah. Oh. Uh, also, Jason Isaacs 
originally considered not returning for the uh, the De- first Deathly Hollows movie, fearing that his character's arrest and imprisonment at the end of Order of the Phoenix would mean very little, if any, screen time in the finale. Upon meeting with J.K. Rowling, he begged to be let out of prison. She told him, you're out. Chapter one. This immediately convinced him to sign on for the movie, which is a good thing because he is another one of those great villains in this in this series. Uh, at around one hour and 40 minutes for the final Deathly Hallows movie, according to Tom Felton, Voldemort awkwardly hugging Draco was not scripted, but an improvisation by Ralph Fiennes. Felton's reactions of stopping dead in his tracks and not knowing what to do is 100% genuine. <laughs> uh, yeah, funny it's funny. Scene. It really is. It is. <laughs> but it worked. I noticed that when I was watching that uh, day before yesterday, and I was like, that's weird. I never noticed that before, but yeah, yeah. that's funny. Come in. Awkward hug. <laughs> so, was this first viewing for any of us? No. Definitely not. I've seen all but the very, very last movie in the theater. Okay. And that was the only time I'd seen yeah. minus a few, Minus a few you know, bits here and there. I'm the one out of all four of us, I'm sure, that has seen it. The... Uh, yeah, I saw them all in the theater, and then uh, I've seen them on video since then a couple times. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I saw any in the theater, but uh, I have seen them all multiple times. So Yeah. Yeah, we were in the theater for every single one of them, including the um, from Order of the Phoenix when they did that funky 3D scene at the very beginning. Do you remember that? Huh? No. You know, oh, yeah. They had in the, I think it was Order of the Phoenix, when they're all escaping the house and everybody's uh, racing the, their brooms over the river. Huh. That they would had, be cool. Yeah, that was that was like that. It was like a th- that three minute scene was all in three D for the very beginning of the movie. That's Did they cool. give you glasses you had to take off. Yeah, no, they you came and they stapled them to your head like they normally do. No, I'm saying, <laughs> oh, you motherfucker! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when 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 they when the title started up, uh, it popped up at the bottom of the screen. It said, "Put your glasses on I don't, now." I don't care anymore. I don't Put care. your glasses <laughs> on. <laughs> don't, don't even talk to me for the rest of the show. We're done. See now that's funny. <laughs> Take it out. With your grasses on. No, and that's honestly, I cannot think of outside of something like Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, maybe Jurassic Park, but not so much because the sequels weren't great. Of another movie series that had such an immense impact on the culture. Right. I mean, I mean you could say that uh, Hunger Games almost gets there. Hmm. But we'll get into this more for the second half. But the really special thing is that with the three young actors starting so young and being in all of them, we literally got to watch them grow up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's only one other. Well, two other examples I could think of. And I was talking about that with Laura that that we've seen that uh, that was longer. Uh, There's Richard Linklater's movie Boyhood that was shot over the course of 12 years uh, where you see the same actors, including a little boy, grow up. And then there's the Up series, which is a documentary series about kids where they go and they back and check in on them every seven years. And they're at like 54 Up or something like that now. So things have been going on for a long time. 54 years? Yeah. They go back and they shoot them every seven years. They do an update on all the kids that were in the very first 7 Up huh. documentary. Huh. Yeah. So... <clears throat> But it's cool. Yeah. I mean, and it's it's also nice that they had all the act, same actors minus the ones that passed mm-hmm. uh, continue, which is an amazing thing to see in any film. Yeah. But I was saying it's 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 interesting to see how much of the the words from this have merged into everyday life. Like if you go if you, I don't know if any of the three of you do any geocaching. 
No. No? Okay. So I know what you, it is. Yeah. But if you're going out and you're searching for caches, if you get to a cache that somebody has found and opened up and destroyed or taken out, it's missing, it's the it's being it's known as getting muggled. Because anybody that's not out there, any non geocacher is considered a muggle. And that's uh... Yeah. So it got muggled because you know you're not they're not supposed to know that you're there, type of thing. You know, it's just all sorts of like cool <clears throat> you know. It, the more you think about it, the more you realize that this has trickled into everyday type stuff. And it's, it's just incredible that, you know, that's, it's a great story. Well, and I think that's it, that, that anytime you have a story that catches the imagination of the, the public and then also gets carried into other uh, pop culture mediums uh, successfully is going to just further embed itself into, you know, kind of the, the zeitgeist of culture kind of it's going to be just mm-hmm. there like I'm, I'm making a motion you can't see it because you're not in the room with me yeah, but i'm I making mean, this, a motion. this is a per- this is one of those perfect balances of it's written just well enough that adults can enjoy it while at the same time preteens can really get into it the drama is good enough that it's interesting but it's not so <laughs> harrowing and and daunting that you know a 13 year old a mature 13 year old can't handle it. You know, I mean, it's, it's not like it's full of uh serial killer violence. It's just, you know, it's just violent enough where it's scary, but it's mm-hmm. not, you know, it, it's not over the line and it's just adult enough to where adults can enjoy it without having to feel like they're reading children's book. Yeah. And this adaptation coming out the same year as Lord of the Rings, like a lot of people, myself included, give Lord of the Rings a lot of the credit for, uh, the first big budget adaptation that proves that like true adaptation of nerd properties can make lots of money and give a lot of credit from Lord of the Rings all the way through to the Marvel movies today, which it deserves. But it's easy to forget that Harry Potter was the same time and probably should get some of that credit as well. Agreed. 100 <clears> percent. <throat> So to not uh, let this devolve into like a play-by-play of all sorts of movies, which is not fun to listen to and would take us two hours, mm-hmm. uh, we could probably go to some more general questions uh, before the big one, because I, I honestly do want to get to the Sorting Hat question, <clears throat> but let's let's get into what everyone's favorite Potter film was. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Seabreeze soap will make you clean. <laughs> See, that That's was perfect, what did it. That was a perfect Ernie from Sesame Street. I just don't remember him ever saying that. <laughs> was... Huh. That would tell you, but apparently he's broken. <laughs> I I really liked ha- Harry Potter and the Order Order of the Phoenix. I'm with you on that, Mike. It was my favorite book, and it is my favorite of the films, which is yeah. why I audibly gasped the muted when Joel said he didn't like it. Well, I mean, gasping, I was like, well, that tracks. <laughs> I mean, Prisoner of Azkaban might be mine. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I can see. The, the thing I liked about Harry Potter and Order of the Phoenix, it was like the, it's the getting the gang together one. It's like, that's when you finally see like all the cool wizards are going to help. And you have that awesome battle with like Mad-Eye Moody at the end that, that probably sealed the deal for this one. It's just all the wizards at the final battle flying around, Latrix blasting off spells at each other, that sort of thing. And Mad-Eye Moody is just walking around, looking at other wizards, looking at the, the Death Eaters, and just, boom, hits his hits his uh, staff on the ground, and they, like, explode. 
it just it was a kind a good turn of here are the people that are going to carry us to the end of the story and the while some people say that like the um the goblet of fire was the it becomes adult type thing with the sure. death with the death at the end yeah but you didn't i mean yes the death at the end was a turning point but it really didn't see the repercussions of it until you got to Order of the Phoenix. And that's the reason I like it. Like, uh, Harry uh, is going through a lot of shit, even up to the fi- finale of Goblet of Fire. But Order of the Phoenix is where he first starts to dig down into consequences. Um, like, he even starts to turn on his friends in Order of the Phoenix. So that that is one of the things I was like, holy crap, we've got a protagonist in a children's book that is through a combination of puberty and trauma actually lashing out and that's not something i'm used to seeing in this kind of entertainment i I was digging it immediately and And to be fair there's death in most most of the stories but anyway sorry go ahead no i was just getting not to be a go along but yeah i would say order of the phoenix my favorite the best one it just had everything it's the linchpin of the whole series i think yep yeah that's when everything really ramps up Pew pew. What about you, Joel? You said you said Prisoner might, of Azkaban. It might be Prisoner of Azkaban because we're introduced to Lupin uh, and, uh, of course, and, and Sirius to Sirius, which uh, you know just makes me happy in general to see those two characters and actors and the Dementors were also introduced in the yeah. movie. So. And Prison and, and Mike. That, that is probably the first one where the kids can act. <laughs> like the first yeah, couple yeah. are a little rough. That whole scene at the lakeside, you know, when Harry's and Sirius are dying, that took some chops, yeah. And I have to say, regardless of, you know, this particular question, I have to seriously thank whoever cast Daniel Radcliffe because he is now currently one of my favorite actors and he's just constantly doing interesting things and it all goes back to this original, you know. I mean, he was doing stuff before this, but... This made him mainstream. He's done, he's done the childhood star thing very, very correctly. Well, yes, he's made some just amazing choices and continues to make amazing choices. And he's a fantastic actor. So, yeah, there you go. Had to be said. All right. So in lieu of anything else, are we ready for the big question before we get into uh, what Harry Potter is, how it's changed with without getting into J.K. Rowling's Twitter? Uh, and well, how about before, yeah, before we get into that, here's here's a question. If you could remove one scene from anywhere in the series, what would it rather than something that you like or something you disliked? Uh, okay, oh. we're talking from the series, like the, the series, book series. Whole, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm mainly we're mainly talking about the movies, so let's stick to kind of stick to the movies. But yeah. well, see, because my answer is weird because like I would remove something the way it was handled in. Well, then explain uh, it. Go ahead, just explain which. Yeah. Uh, Lupin and Tonks uh, are two important characters to die off screen. I agree with you, and it bothered me in the books. It was a little better, but not much in the movies. Um, it enraged me in the final book, actually. I was like, uh, just coming back and seeing them dead on the floor without them having uh, time to go out heroically. Uh, and it's, was... it's supposed to be one of those things that, that, you know, thematically, if you kill somebody off screen or off page, you know, they're not really dead. They're going to come back later. Right. And these mm-hmm. are two pretty big characters. And like, just in the aftermath of the Battle of Hogwarts, uh, they're just they're dead they're they're among the dead and that mm-hmm. uh, i'm still not over it well that's the same thing i think with mad eye moody after they made the dash from little wingding or whatever the hell it was called to get harry out of there where everybody had morphed into harry 
uh, to throw off the Death Eaters. They land and they're like, oh, Mad-Eye Moody, he didn't make it. I mean, like, what do you I mean see... Mad-Eye Moody didn't make it? He's... <laughs> I, I definitely see you guys' point in a way because, you know, it doesn't it, – it, it feels like – it feels cheap. But in a way, I think it's it's a better version of what they tried to do in Star Trek when they killed off Tasha Yar. Whereas, like, you just have to be like, hey, man, the stakes are so high. Some people are just going to just, just be dead. Like, it's just, you know and, – and... and that's fine, but the, to not show us yeah. that – that doesn't say anything about their death, right? It's it's it's, a, it's a cheap it's a cheap way to to take care of their character, but it's an overall service to the plot. Whereas they're saying you know shit has gotten so real that we can't even tell you what happened. To oh these yeah, people. I mean I, I'm totally fine with the idea that you know, there's no guarantees, but I mean what they did, I think with with uh, Tonks and Lupin, like Josh is talking about, and uh, with Mad Eye Moody was, I mean it's imagine Star Wars where Luke and Han get on the. Uh, Millennium Falcon are escaping the Death Star and like, man, whew, what happened to Obi-Wan back there? That was some crazy shit. Man, let's get out of here. You know, it's like there should I mean, have been it's more. It's a little to it. less extreme than that. It would be like if if they lost, I don't know, um uh, Lando's captain or something. Or what's the guy that had the, the uh Lobot? Like if Lobot got killed off screen and they just talked about it. That, if you know, Will Row Hood got wait. killed off screen. Wait, are no, you confused? I'm, yeah, I'm, I, I am. I mean, I understand it's not a direct comparison, Lupin. To well, Robot, his name is but... Nian Num. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Lobot, the guy with the the the, the, the guy with the headset. Yeah, the computer bald head, the bald guy. Okay, okay. When you said no. Lando's. Yeah, when yeah. You said I... Lando's captain. You know, Lobot. I was like, no, I'm gonna go into an apoplexy here. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean captain on the ship. I meant captain on Cloud City. Okay, I got you. I got you. Okay, everything is fine with the world. <laughs> I Josh think just I, quoted the office inadvertently, Patrick. Right. I think that's still a little bit minimum and not an even comparison of characters, but it's not. But I'm just saying, like, I mean, you can't say that that Lupin is the equivalent of uh, Obi Wan either, though. Josh, <sighs> see, that's difficult because uh, Lupin got more than one movie. Mm-hmm. And, and like then Boba, yeah. no. then Boba uh, Fett fell in the Sarlacc pit, and we never saw him again until recently. Yeah, that was worth we, interrupting me for. We, yeah, we have derailed <laughs> for sure. There's a one man yeah. derailing right there. I was trying to compare it to something. I don't know. <laughs> so, Joel, do you have any any point where you would remove something from it? What I just did. The sar- no, your Sarlacc the pit joke. Yeah. <laughs> you would remove its Sarlacc pit joke. <laughs> yep, That's, I'm sticking to that. All right. Well, let's do the thing. Well, you have an answer. What would you remove, Mike? You can remove. Yeah, Mike. I'll I'll do mine real quick. I would. Yeah. Go ahead. What I would change, not necessarily remove. I would. I would recast Moaning Myrtle. I did not like that actress. Well, the fact that she was in her late thirties. I'm not joking. Yeah, she's. uh... Yeah, she looked like Megan Mullally. Well, Well, she was from uh, Train Spotting, I think. Maybe she was in the notoriously. Uh, a bad episode of Doctor Who, Love and Monsters, where she's not a good actress, whoever she is. She's playing against a kid who's supposed to be like in his early twenties, and she's in her forties at that point, or whatever, thirties. I don't know. It, 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 yeah, yeah, Shirley Henderson. Yeah, she was absolutely in Train Spotting. Oh, and it also bugged me, by the way, that um, she was born in nineteen sixty-five. She's fifty-six years old currently. Damn, and she's making advances on Harry Potter. Forties then. She's like, look at yeah, I saw past your bubbles. 
<laughs> Damn it! Now I just forgot what the fuck I was gonna say. Sarlacc pit. But I, mean, yeah, I was gonna I, say I, at I, least his interruption for you was funny. <laughs> so yeah, the thing that I had the biggest problem with throughout this whole series, and it's just a byproduct of of the you know young adult you know novel writing, but it's, it, this this is this whole thing suffers from a very much a I am in the main character type of vibe, like. There's just moments in the movie where I'm just like I'm watching it, you know, in different parts of the movie, like when Dumbledore dies. Spoiler. Um, and like everybody is standing in a semicircle around the body and waiting for Harry Potter to show up and react. And I'm like, there are people in this crowd that have known him for 20, 30 years, and they're they're still going to defer to the guy, the kid who's known him for three. I mean, he is kind of the biggest celebrity in the wizarding world. I get That's pretty that, well I'm, established. I get that, but I'm also saying, like, if my, you know, if if I'm McGonagall and my one of my best friends, basically in life, has just, you know, fallen to his death, I'm going to be over there by his side. I'm not going to wait for the, you know, the celebrity kid to show up. It's just little things like that, you know. Like, and again, like I said, it's just a pro- byproduct of being a young adult type author, a young adult work, you know. But it, there's there's just a lot of moments that just kind of bug me. I'm like, this is this is very much a, you know, if you're not Harry Potter in this universe, then you know, you just kind of sit around and wait for Harry Potter to do things. Okay. Yeah, I don't have as big a problem with the Dumbledore scene because he was pretty explicitly Dumbledore's protege. But that does not negate your larger point. Right. Uh, and I for- completely forgot what the thing was I was going to say that Joel interrupted me for, so it couldn't have been that important. Okay, so are we to Hogwarts houses before the break? Yeah. Let's do that. Okay. All right, so let's start with Joel, because he's his is the least surprising. <clears throat> All right. Uh, so are we just telling each other what our houses are? Or are we, no, are I we think, guessing? I think, are we, uh, well, <clears throat> first See, off, we have... Yeah, two of us have uh, said our house several times already. Yeah. Well, I'm going to send to the chat, so ignore this, but I'm sending to the chat what Laura's predictions are before we start, which are, are who I feel everybody would be as well. Uh, so you want to know my house? No, I, I want to. I, I, wanna, I think each of us should guess. Oh, okay. okay. First off, I know my guess on Josh Slytherin, my guess for Joel Hufflepuff, and Patrick Ravenclaw. That was uh, my guesses. My guess... Because I already know Mike is Slytherin, Joel is Hufflepuff, and uh, Patrick, I'm also guessing Ravenclaw. See, and I, I figured Pat was Slytherin, Mike was Gryffindor, and Josh, I, th- I thought you were Ravenclaw. Huh. Patrick? Well, let's have Patrick's guess before we, we go into this. Oh, we're supposed to guess everybody. Uh, yeah. uh, I would say Josh is uh, Gryffindor, uh, Joel is Hufflepuff. And Mike is Raven, Raven, Slytherin or Raven? I can't decide. Ravenclaw, yes. Okay. Yeah. See, see, Mike and I remember. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I have my tea mug and my. I don't have my scarf, but I am very much on all incarnations of the house te- uh, sorting challenge tests. Uh, I always come out Slytherin. Hmm. Same here. Every single time. In fact, Sophie went out once and bought a set of the house pins. Uh, Katie took the test and she came out Slytherin. And Sophie got really mad at me because she's like, oh, here's your Gryffindor pin, Daddy. I'm like, oh, no, I'm Slytherin. This is before I took it. So she got she got upset at me for that. But And my Patronus is a, a 
crow? A, a raven. Oh, that is way cooler than mine. My Patronus is a fucking trout. <laughs> Mine's a black stallion. How do you, How get, do you get a black stallion and Josh gets a trout? I don't, I don't know. know. How do you get a Patronus? On I, the same, the I, Wizarding World site. Yeah. Oh, I didn't. There's a whole, there's like four different things you can do things, uh, quizzes for to get like your wand, your Patronus, your house, and your something else. Okay, Joel, tell us your Hufflepuff. <laughs> I am. It's it's the easiest one. Like Tonks and Newt Scamander yeah. uh, were Hufflepuffs, and I, I'm I'm good with that. That makes sense. Sarah is also a Hufflepuff. All the, bass, play, all the bass players are Hufflepuffs. <laughs> Sarah plays bass. I didn't say every Hufflepuff <laughs> is a bass player. Tenor. I did not say every every Hufflepuff is a bass player, sir. All right, so the mystery, because like Mike and I already knew we were both Slytherin, and anyone who's ever heard Joel speak knows he was Hufflepuff. <laughs> so Patrick, yeah. <laughs> well, ch- check the show prep chat, and you guys will see the the screenshot. But yeah, I am also uh, Slytherin. Oh, yeah. all right. It explains why we're always smacking the crap out of Joel. It's... <laughs> Three slithering the... curb stomping a Hufflepuff. <laughs> That'll be the name of our next podcast. <laughs> Three Slytherins and a Hufflepuff. Here's what I think. Shut up. All right. All right. I'm so are we ready to go to rapper. break? Yeah, and I think we are. My first album is going to be called Fantastic Beats and Where to Find Them. Yeah. <laughs> All right, MC Puff. Oh, fantastic beats, and we're gonna grind them. No, no. Mark no. that one down too, Pat. Yeah, yeah. Raise that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll be back in a little bit. We're gonna talk about the twentieth anniversary show, and uh, in the meantime, why don't you take the test? Go take your wizarding test and let us know what our fan, what fans are. Join our Discord and let us know. Click I'm headed link. to the Rolling Twitter feed. All right, we are back, and we are going to talk about the recently released Harry Potter 20th anniversary return to Hogwarts. Uh, cast members from all the Harry Potter films reunite in a retrospective special to celebrate the anniversary of the first film, including interviews and cast conversations. Uh, this includes a bunch of people that I just read off from the first half, so we're not going to go over that again because you know who they are. And trivia, there was one. Much of it was filmed on the original movie sets, which are now part of the Harry Potter studio tour in Leavesden, England. It opened in 2012. Uh, Great care was taken in this special to preserve the magic of the sets from the movies and not to make it look like the studio tour, i.e. many camera angles are preserving the views from the movies and don't show the stanchions to keep the visitors at bay. And also don't show that they put the goblins behind the counters at the uh, bank. I don't think they were supposed to go back there. That's probably probably right. Yeah. Yeah. They also weren't so supposed. They also weren't supposed to show a picture of Emma Roberts as a child instead of Emma Watson. Yes, which they totally did. Emma Roberts. Yep. Yes, they got the wrong Emma when they were focusing on her segment and showed the like little kid picture. And a lot of people immediately was like, "Uh, guys, that's not Emma Watson. That's Emma Roberts." I'm a fucking Emma. And then when it was Daniel Radcliffe's turn, they used this picture of Daniel Stern. <laughs> right, and it was a grown-up picture of Daniel Stern. <laughs> naked on a bear rug. And and for Rupert Grant, they used a picture of Rupert Holmes. Oh, they were going to say Rupert Murdoch, but... I uh. thought that's where I would have gone to. 
Oh God, that's oh. Pat. Yeah, so what this was, was gathering everybody back together to talk about what a great time they had making the Harry Potter movies. Yeah, and this is at a time where the wizarding world is trying to figure out what it wants to be next. Because obviously, uh, the Warner HBO wants it to be something that continues to make them lots of money. (laughs) So you've got the uh, Fantastic Beast series. And you've got stuff like the stage play, The Cursed Child. You've got some other things that they want to get into the hopper. But, uh, I mean, it's it's kind of over, you know? I mean, I, I will still probably see the third Fantastic Beasts when it comes to cable or whatever. But, yeah, I, I was glad to see this special focus on where it all began and what mattered before it was just like, well, it's over, but I want money anyway. I enjoyed the Fantastic Beast films. I watched both of them for the first time yesterday and today. And granted, it's not ever going to be what the Harry Potter series was because it's a different animal. But for what it is, it's enjoyable. Okay, we're doing this. Oh, God, here we go. Wait, what are we doing? Uh, I, I'm sorry. When someone is that wrong, <laughs> I can't not. <laughs> I really actually like the first movie. But the character assassination of Queenie in the second is so unforgivable that I'm not going to bother to see the third one until I don't have to pay for it. It was one of the few movies I have seen uh, in the last 10 years where it was ruined for me in the theater. I have to agree with Josh on this one. That Her motivations don't make sense. Her characterization is not at all consistent with the first movie. And at the end, she joins... The forces of evil just because there they do not earn any of that. I'm curious to see where it goes. I, I feel like there's something else, but I could be wrong. I haven't been checking the, the Twitter feed, but you know, I feel like there's something more happening. Uh, but I, I have not seen any of these movies, and I agree with Josh just so I can disagree with Joel. Well, it's three <laughs> Slytherins and a Hufflepuff, it's like you know, three, three skeletons and a beast man. It's just it's gonna be a thing. So, but anyway, I, I just, I really enjoy Newt's commander. Plus, you know, again, Hufflepuff. Uh, I, I, I'm I, with you on that. And I was all in on the first movie, but the second movie made me so angry that it retrospectively made me hate the first one a little. I was disappointed with what they did with, with Queenie, the whole, that whole story between the two of them. Cause it ended on a very sweet note and I was like, Oh, I like this. And then. I I was not happy with the direction they went with it, but I like I said I feel like there's more to come that may. Make I don't some think more they're sense. gonna go back and like put a queenie in between uh, movie one and two. That's gonna make it make sense, dude. <laughs> yeah, that's not <laughs> happening. I, I'm holding out my my hope. Yes. So anyway, back to 20th anniversary return to Hogwarts. 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 Welcome back to Hogwarts. Hogwarts. Yeah, it was good to see the the kids that grew up in front of us come back. I mean, granted, some they grew up in Hollywood, literally, yep. type of thing. So there there is a little bit of a disconnect from I'm laying about to real life, uh, like because the fact like Rupert Grint like bought an ice cream truck at one point, and for a summer just drove an ice ice cream truck around and just gave away ice cream. I mean, if you're that, if you've got that much money. I mean, seriously, what kind of, no pun intended, what cooler way to kind of oh. enjoy No, I'm your not money? saying it's cool. I'm just saying that there there is a disconnect 
between their lives and the other 99% of the people in the world. Well, for yeah, sure. I, yeah. I think I'm with Joel that that's better. Like, if you can give kids the experience of I'm ha- hanging out on the street and Ron Weasley rolls up in an ice cream <laughs> truck and hands yeah. me an ice cream bar, like, he's the only person in the world that can do that. And I'm glad that he chose to do that. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, for kid stars kind of can go, as we've discussed on the show, kind of one of three different ways. And I feel like they've all kind of taken the, the, the best road. And some of the things where people were complimenting Daniel Radcliffe, just the not what he said, but his reactions to that kind of prove that he still is kind of seemed like he's grounded. Now, I don't know how much of that is acting, but I felt like he's still kind of humbled by all the kind of accolades and fame and whatnot um and none of them have really gone sideways which is i mean from everything you read about behind the scenes stuff from every movie is like they they let them stay kids you know Mm -hmm. together as they grew up on set you know as long as they weren't filming something they treated them all like kids they didn't they didn't each have like an eight-man entourage you know catering to their every need when the cameras weren't rolling i mean are there any of the actors in the the original series not the current one uh, that really went sideways. I mean, went had a uh, drug problem, anything like that. I it guess was either. Uh, I mean, yes. one, one, one like Crab or Goyle. Yeah, Goyle. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was like a bit player. You know, I mean, was n- none of the major characters at all. Yeah, it was like it was like if Lobots started suddenly just dealing crack. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So, but like he was one of the, he was like henchman number two, but he was a pretty prominent character in the first three or four movies. And because of his legal troubles and like Joel says, like going sideways, he would be your prime example of someone that they just had to like silently. He's not here anymore. And then they just expanded the entourage. So you didn't notice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Gave his one thing that they did in a book to another character. Uh, at the end, you know what I liked about watching this is the like some of the uh, stories that came out with it. With um, reminiscing, well, the reminiscing and the uh, crap lost his name, not Lucius Malfoy, his son, Trey, Trey, oh, Trey, oh, Trey. Uh, Tom, Tom Felton, Tom, 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 yeah. yeah, Tom Felton and Emma Watson. Apparently, Emma Watson had like a crush on Tom Felton. Yep, her first couple movies, and she was there all the time. But he was like three years older than her, so she, he, you know, he had his little, you know, like my little sister thing going on. And they kind of they addressed that in the con in in this, and the amount of camaraderie and family like environment that they grew up in, especially with like the crew. Did you guys hear the story that they told about uh, Emma Watson's hamster? Oh yeah, so they built they actually built him a little satin lined coffin with his name on it and all that. So she could bury him in this little bitty coffin. I was like, that's crazy, but cool. You know, it's, it's good, especially when you like think about how child actors have been treated all the way going back to like the, uh, the kid, the little rascals. Yeah. Yeah. Little rascals, the kid, um, we had a funeral for a bird. (laughs) What was, what was the name? Oh man. The name of the book. I'm trying to remember the actor, the child actor that was about the name of the book is called, please don't kill my dog. Jesus. What? Hang on, it's it's a. I hear you typing, so yeah, baby Huey. It's a biography. Keep talking amongst yourselves. I got a no, fatty no. Arbuckle. Oh no, no, we're not talking about Fatty Arbuckle. He was not a child star anyway, was he? I don't think. Well, he liked working with kids, if you know what I mean. Oh God. Oh, 
No, I Somebody. can't. Jackie, Jackie Mason, Onassis. Jackie, uh, Jackie something or other. I can't remember. It was I read it years ago, but it's a whole Jackie story about Jokerson. this. Jackie no, it's Jokerson. either Jackie Coogan or Jackie Cooper. Uh, Jackie he's, Cooper. He's, yeah, he's Coogan. the one that yeah. they wrote Jackie's Law for. As yeah. soon as he uh, said Jackie no. something, I knew who no, he was Jack, talking about. Jackie Cooper is what the book is about. Jack uh, Jackie Coogan's Law is um, Uncle Fester's Law from because he was the kid in the old silent movie, but Jackie Cooper's, his, bio, his I don't know, biography was that I read was please don't kill my dog was to get him to cry uh, in the scenes. They would take his, uh, if they want to get the kid to cry. So they take his dog around the corner and shoot off a gun. And they're like, Oh, your dog's dead. <laughs> and the kid, and the kid was like eight. Well, I mean, it gets results. Yeah. I mean, he's really good performance, but <laughs> no mental scarring. I mean, you don't have but, to pay for the therapy. They'll be long gone by then. <laughs> But that was the thing. It's like watching the interaction between Chris Columbus and the kids was really cool because apparently during the direction and during the whole first two movies, Chris Columbus did just like it was a uh, Joel or uh, Josh said that he let them be children on set. He let them play stupid games while they were doing in doing uh, in between scenes. He, you know, he wasn't like super restrictive on them and they all got to grow up together in an environment that was almost like a magic boarding school. You know, it's, yeah, and I thought another thing that was interesting is when they started introducing the people who came in later when the kids were already established actors and seeing the difference in their relationship, uh, both uh, as described when they first uh, started interacting on the shows. like uh, Yeah, because they're less like parental uh, figures and more like, uh, uh, what's the word before, colleagues. Yeah, mm-hmm. like uh, colleagues with a side of mentor, because like they're still kids, but like these are people that didn't see them when they were very little, and uh, they already know who they are. So I thought mm-hmm. it was really cool to see uh, talking about Gary Oldman on set or yeah. uh, Helena Bonham Carter, especially Helena Bonham Carter. Yeah, that how um, I keep I keep wanting to say Harry Potter, but how Daniel Radcliffe <laughs> was like talking to Hermione, like keep it cool. Gary Oldman's coming. Don't freak out, but he's going to be here. And, you know, and they became good friends. And, you know, I mean, if you're going to have a mentor on set, I mean, Gary Oldman, that's 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 what I want. Right. I'm wearing two belts. There you go, Pat. That's not office. Man, that would be awesome to work with Gary Oldman in any capacity. Mm hmm. It was just fun to watch them, to see that kind of camaraderie and that they do care about each other. And they've, you know, seemed to have kept tight knit. Um, it's not unlike the, the, the fresh Prince ones that, that they did or uh, 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 the friends one where it's just, it's kind of fun to see them tell stories about the stuff that we didn't see and kind of make you feel like you're a part of it. You know? Yeah. It was pretty cool to see uh, Rupert Grint friend zone Hermione. <laughs> it was a little, a little awkward. Yeah. Moments, but uh Rupert Grint's another one's like you could see him and he'll be looking pretty good, and then you could look him he'll show up in another scene and he looks like he just like ro- rolled off the back of an ice cream truck. It's <laughs> he looks pretty rough in some of these scenes. Yeah, well but... the two of them obviously had this relationship where they were very much brother and sister, and like they knew the characters eventually got together in a romantic way. Yeah. But like that was rough on them. Well, and that was another one of the stories, you know, in reading more about this is like when uh, they were in interviewing um, Hermione about inter- uh, kissing uh, Rupert Grint. And she's like, oh, it's the worst thing. 
know, I just couldn't, you know, bring myself to do it to kiss. He's, you know, he's like my brother and they're, they're talking about it on stage and the whole time Rupert grins behind her and just kind of got this face, like, like, like the meme straight face on there. Just like my life is dying type of thing going on. The other I am great... dead inside. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I get that that's the perception, but I was watching him and I kind of think he agreed with her. Like, obviously she's an attractive young woman, but like we didn't grow up from yeah. tiny kids with her. And like, yeah, I, I'd seen that meme that he's like, oh yeah, kissing me was the worst thing ever. Oh yeah, me too. But I kind of think that that was what I was reading from his reaction. All right. I mean, it's not one. a ridiculous idea that, you know, he, you know, he does actually see her as like a little sister. Right, right. Yeah. What was the other other line from him? He's pretty damn funny when he wants to be. Uh, was when they were talking about how much time has passed since the last movie. And he goes, yeah, I've had two kids and kidney stones since then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I also like how they're like, yeah, well, at least we all look better than we did in the epilogue. Yes. Oh, Yeah. It's like, yeah, at least we don't we don't look like that. You know, they put on a little weight, but not not that much. I mean, when I first saw that scene back when the movie was in theaters, I was like, wow, they handled that pretty well. It wasn't overly done. It wasn't too little. But now, seeing that they're about this close to that right age, uh, yeah, they, Seems they, like they, they, they could have got away with a lot less. Yeah, they're aging better than than they were in that for sure. Um, oh, another thing that always kind of bothered me, by the way, um, about the whole Harry Potter thing is like in the first movie, they show that vault that he has that just has just tons of gold. And then it's never really addressed that, that Harry Potter is rich. Mm. Like, people just keep giving him things. He never has to buy anything of his own. And, that's like, celebrity. People, yeah, exactly. That, yeah. That's, that's the part that makes sense. But I'm just saying, like, there are certain times where I'm just like, well, first of all, if you show me that I got a vault like that, well, you know, then it's fuck you, Dursleys. I'm off. I'm getting my own. <laughs> Peace out. Yeah, no, no, I am a... not living under your goddamn stairs anymore, and I'm not taking any of your shit. I'm worth <laughs> you know a hundred times more than all you fucks. I'm out of here. <laughs> you open up the door to the under the stairs, and there's like a lounge, and <laughs> yeah, I remodeled. This is yeah, it'll be like the scene straight out of Back to School. Yeah, <laughs> since I gotta stay here, I figure I might as well make the place a little bit better. There, you know, what was the one thing when we started rewatching them? I realized it was kind of an asshole move on Harry's part was when they were on the train, and he's on there with with um. Ron, he's like, oh, you know, do the snack cart comes by. Ooh, would you care for a snack? And he's like, oh, no, I don't have any money. I got this squash sandwich. And Harry's like, you know what? Give me everything. And they yep. take the whole cart. I'm wondering, like, one part, I'm like, don't you think the other kids in the train are like, where's the yeah, where's lady the, with the where's cart? Where's the cart lady with all the yeah. chocolates? <laughs> where's, I wanted my frog. <laughs> that asshole bought everything. <laughs> that's Fucking why Malfoy really liked, that's why Draco really hated him, because he was in the next cart, and he really wanted the chocolate frog. That was why Snape hated him. Uh, You know, I I was a little sad that that Warwick Davis wasn't anywhere to be seen. Like, I mean, you saw clips of him, but... He was there. You just had to look down. (laughs) Oh. Oh. Sorry. That was cheap and beneath me, but... So was Warwick Davis. (laughs) 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 Oh. Okay, here. I think, yeah. I think Warwick Davis is doing just fine. We can poke a little fun at it. Right? Yeah, yeah. But just He's... a little. Ah. <laughs> but, yeah. Did anybody cry? For Anyone? What? During the thing. Yeah, but it had nothing to do with the movies. Oh. That's just, just, you just, know, yeah, I just, just life. Because yeah. they had more, more money than you when they were 12. <laughs> 
Right. And he wanted a chocolate frog. <laughs> I don't Harry think butter. I don't think I could eat a frog that's moving. Now, granted, I understand that it's it's magic and it's not really alive. But if there's a frog that's jumping around like that, I don't think I want to eat it. I really don't. Anybody with me? No, no. I mean, I get why you would say that, but I don't think any of the remember Slytherins. <laughs> Are we talking an actual frog? Yeah, I just ate an actual frog like three days ago. I mean, I would eat. I've eaten frog legs, but like if eh, anyway, crunchy frog, crunchy spider. <sighs> I don't. I don't understand what you're trying to do here, Joel. Is I, I sort of goodness out of us in this conversation? It ain't gonna happen. I, I legit don't know anymore. I really don't. <laughs> I don't. Was there anybody that you thought looked worse than they did when the last time you saw them? Mm, no, but. Uh... Uh, Robbie Haggard without his beard was creeping me out the whole time. <laughs> Robbie Coltrane? Yeah. Well, and I felt bad for him because he clearly, you know, is is got some health issues. Because mm-hmm. uh, he's, he's getting up there and I'm sure, you know, he's had his difficulty with things. But uh, uh, he's the only one I think that, that kind of looked like he's had some had a bit of a rough go. But not not because he's made bad decisions or, you know. He's on drugs or something. I think it's just no, he's age just is getting catching older. up to him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's sad because I really like him. You know, but I do too. Nuns on the Run is always going to be a classic. Oh, yeah. Good pull. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> Spectacle testicles watching wallet. <laughs> I was just about to say the same thing. <clears throat> no, he's got a great history. I mean, he, he, yeah, yeah, but you're right. He, look, he looked rough, but he only looked rough because he's so much older. I think. I think for the most part, you know, outside of Goyle, everyone's probably doing real good. You know, they're not, nobody look like they're, I would be not, I would be surprised to find out that any one of them was like, got a, you know, kilo a, a day Coke fiend thing going on or something like that. <laughs> it always is a surprise. Right. Yeah. Yep. Who do you think looked the best? Outside of the three. Yeah. Talking about the older ones. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, so yeah, I guess is it is it time for thumbs up, thumbs down? I guess there's really not a lot more to talk about. Might as well be. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah it seems pretty obvious, but yeah, let's do it. <laughs> uh, I guess I'll I'll start. Um, I give I give seven thumbs up, or is it eight? I guess since seven was in two parts. Yeah, I don't yeah. have a thumbs down for any of the movies, so they're all thumbs up and. Thumbs up for the 20th anniversary movie, the re- reminiscing and catching up with everybody, and yeah, all thumbs up for me. Cool. Um, yeah, you know, I'm I'm right there with you. The main thing with the 20th anniversary, like, they could have screwed it up. They could have fumbled the ball, and they didn't. Uh, I think I made it pretty clear that while I came to it late, I've become a lifelong fan of the Harry Potter books, and... Uh, I was glad that the 20th anniversary special was not just a shameless cash in. So yeah, two thumbs up. Uh, well, I'm a, a, for me, it was not something I would have necessarily been like, I'm going to be a Harry Potter person, but through kids and spouses and, and, you know, family members and whatnot, I admittedly am a fan. Thumbs up for all the films, thumbs up for the special and yeah. Absolutely. Excellent. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same as you guys. I mean, I enjoy the first movies, the books and this and, you know, having two girls that were in that age range. It literally unavoidable. You know, probably saw a Harry Potter movie <laughs> every week since they, they since the first DVD came out. So. All right. Real quick. One last question before we disappear. OK. Has anybody here ever uh, made or or had or tried butterbeer? No. Yeah. 
We had it at that place that we get at that uh, pub at in Indianapolis. Yeah, the the place with uh, the uh, sandwich. The, usually with our the, first with place. the good Rubens. Yeah, yeah. but Ruben, I tried, that was the word. Yeah, I haven't tried it there. I I know you yeah, guys Sarah, have ordered it, but I've never tried it. Sarah orders it every year. I usually have a little bit of hers because I ordered it the first year, and it's a little sweet for me, but I like a little bit of it. Yeah. There's yeah, also drinking it. Yeah, yeah there's also a bottled soda that, yeah. that tastes just like it too. Ooh, Le- less impressive of a question when I forgot that there we have that every gen gun. Yeah. So never mind. Yeah, yeah, it, but yeah, the listeners might not know that. That's true. There you go. That's fair. Yep. All right. So yeah, if you want to express your total shock that Joel is a Hufflepuff, what? Um, yeah, you can, or you want to tell us your Hogwarts house, or maybe there's an aspect you want to, you wanted us to talk about Harry Potter and we forgot. Let us know what that is. Give us a call at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. Yep. And if you're looking for our older shows, you can find us all over the place. We are on Pandora. We are on Podbean. Uh, you can give us a thumbs up on a Google, Apple, and Amazon podcast, and also support the show through the Kofi link in the show notes. Uh, in the meantime, Joel, what else do we have? Uh, well, I'm still pushing for West Side Story. We're going to be talking about uh, Sesame Street, oddly enough. Yeah, that's going to be a thing. We got a lot of stuff planned. Billboard. Billboard oh, yeah, shows Billboard coming show. up, too. Yeah. Yep. Forgot about that. Thank you, Pat. All right. Well, I'm sorry. Well, Thanks, Pat. <laughs> Jesus. Well, everybody, thank you for listening, and we will be back next week. Why don't you come back to my place? We'll light a couple candles, glass of wine, Henry portrait of a serial killer. You know, nice romantic evening.